presents The Interviews with Lorenzo Melcher. This is The Interviews with Lorenzo. With me today is Mark Blanchard, head varsity coach uh, for Perrysburg Lacrosse. Mark, thanks for uh, being here today. Thank you, Coach. Appreciate it. Thanks for the opportunity. Yeah. Always um, happy to talk about lacrosse. So Yeah, and <laughs> and I previously talked with Garrett how much I love sports, and he yeah. talked about it, being an athletic trainer, being in, you know, gets to do different things and see different sports. Lacrosse is just one thing I never got into. I don't even, like, really know the rules. Yeah. I watch some of it on TV because yeah. they put colleges on TV. Sure. yeah. How did you get into lacrosse? So I grew up in the Detroit area. So I grew up a hockey player. Um, okay. So that, I was always playing hockey ever since I can remember. My dad always played hockey. So, And it was something that we did kind of in the summers when the I grew up playing in an outdoor rink. So it was an outdoor rink with oh. boards around it, natural surface. In the summer, they would take the ice out, obviously. Yeah. So we would just end up playing lacrosse. And so that's how I started in the game, just playing some kind of modified box lacrosse with some guys who really didn't know what we were doing. And mm-hmm. then I got to high school. Had a friend whose brother actually had played. They'd lived out east. He came back to where I grew up in the Michigan area, and he started a club, and it was just a bunch of kids in a, in a gym yeah, with some balls, and it kind of started from there. So that was really my first introduction to it. It was more of, to me, it was kind of a nav- natural gravitation for a hockey player. It seemed cool. You okay, know, something yeah. to do in the offseason. So, yeah, that's kind of how I got started in the game. It seems, they seem, I mean, I don't know. I could it's, make it sound simple, but they seem similar in the fact that how they're played, the fact that you can hit, and but not not like football hitting, but you know, almost checking. I don't know if it's called the same thing, but yeah, I mean, I would actually. So I talk to a lot of people about who don't understand lacrosse. I tell them to look through for basketball lines. Okay, so to me, it's it's you know, you got some hockey elements in it, you got some soccer elements, and mm-hmm. obviously a lot too. But I think about it as if you really want to break it down, it's it's basketball. And I'm not a basketball guy whatsoever. Okay, I, mean, I have no idea. I've never played organized basketball or anything like that. So I have. So what I what just seeing the game and how. You know, you're setting up an offense on six on six, and you're when you're on the defense, it's a lot of kind of like sliding to the adjacent man, like you know, making sure that you know when you you get beat, your next guy up sliding over, and the other guy kind of comes back and fills towards the net. Kind of the same thing, I think, like basketball. For okay. what people have told me, like you get beat, go back to the hole, right? Yeah. Kind of like same same situation here, and then on the on the offensive side, it's really about you know, it's a lot of pick and roll. It's a lot about finding the odd man, finding that right guy, and working the ball around, finding that open shot. So okay. to me, I kind of tell people to kind of look it through that basketball lens as well too. Okay, yeah. Is it? Um, do you guys run plays and stuff in lacrosse? I would assume since you're comparing it to basketball, that there yeah. is some sort of element like that. Yeah, I mean, it really depends. I mean, one of my philosophies is I don't want to try to put a system in that the kids have to adopt to. Right? Okay. So I want to basically put a system in that the kids, you know, play on their strengths. Mm-hmm. So we'll probably do this coming year. We'll probably do a lot of what we call open sets, where we're just basically working the ball around, and we don't have a set play. What we're looking for is relying on those kids' lacrosse IQ to understand where they've got a matchup that they think they can expose, and they go for that, right? So then when we get into more structured plays, we'll have some things that we'll do, but more structured plays when we do our man-up offenses, right? So where the other team's got a penalty, we've got six on five or six on four or five on four or whatever that might be, right, Mm -hmm. depending on the penalty. Then we'll run a little bit more of a structured offense okay. based off of that that yeah. sort of thing. But yeah, I mean, we'll we'll kind of structured around. We'll probably be looking at some things with the open sets. Maybe getting. I'm not going to get too geeky on it. Kind of like <laughs> kind of like a one four one offense and all that kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, we we will. But we'll probably run a base open set just to see what we have, and then kind of move into things from there. Okay. How did you get started in Perrysburg with lacrosse? Yeah, so um, we moved here from Georgia in 2012. And okay. so um, when we were here, um, actually, so kind of looking around, I would always exposure to the game, and kids had tried, like, Will had played baseball before and wasn't really, eh, baseball's okay, and I mean, didn't really like it. So when we came here, 
we specifically said, hey, there's a good opportunity for you to play lacrosse because we have a great youth program in Perrysburg. Yeah. I mean, it's growing. I mean, it kind of has its peaks and valleys like any youth program has, mm-hmm. but, you know, it continues to grow. So what got us here is that, you know, we got here a couple months after we got here. Um, some of the founders of uh, Perrysburg Youth Lacrosse, like uh, the McClary family and the Bach Raider family, and some of those had a kind of just a over at Grace, they just had like a gym kind of workout thing. Kids went and gave a free stick for it. And ever since that, like, oh. you know, my kid and some of the other kids we were involved in have just been absolutely hooked over that since. So, well, um, I graduated from Perrysburg in mm-hmm. 03. And when I was a sophomore, um, is when the club started. Yeah. yeah. And it, it, it's been cool to see because I had good friends that started with the club. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool to see how far it's gotten now. It's a varsity sport. Yeah. And we've got one of those guys from our coaching staff that you probably know, George Brown. So, George is, okay. yeah. So, George has uh, been coaching for a couple of years. He's a goalie specialist. He's got some good experience. He's coached club at coach club at uh, University of Michigan, Eastern Michigan. Oh wow! As well as been a high school coach up at Chelsea, Michigan. So he's got some good experience. And you know, we try to fill in with some other guys around here that hey, I've played here. I know this guy, that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, that continues to be one of our challenges, not only at the high school program but at the youth program, is finding coaches. Right? Oh yeah. You know, it's it's you know it's here the youth program is about 10 11 years old maybe at perrysburg right now but we're still not getting those numbers and we're still you know as far as coaches and education because you know i'll be honest with you i mean we're a football country right it's never going to change that's, mm-hmm. that's what is ohio is yeah but we still don't have a lot of dads like hey i my kids in first grade or second grade i'm really excited to sign them up for lacrosse yeah. we don't really have a lot of that right and so what we tend to do is we get a lot of kids that Sixth, seventh, eighth grade, some kind of kids who come to sport, you know, what some people would say pretty late. I think it's really good timing because mm-hmm. they've developed a little more athletically. And some of those kids have turned into really fantastic players. That's, like, what, that's what we're trying to do with, with even with football. We have a lot of numbers, but I know just from studies we've seen, like the earlier you start them, you just, you just lose them. Yeah, you can't hang yeah. on to them. So yeah. I, I agree even the, the fact that it might seem late to be seventh, eighth grade. I think that that's a good start because they're just learning, and then as they get more developed and more into it, then there's no burnout because yeah. you haven't been doing it since you were nine. Exactly, exactly. I mean, one of the things that's you know, you want to make it fun still. I mean, yeah. and a lot of people talk about that, but you know, I don't want the kids checked out when they're in, when they're in high school, right? Mm-hmm. You know, to me, that's kind of where they're going to have the fun. That's where you know they're going to hang around with forty to fifty of their good, their friends, and you know, our numbers are continuing about about forty to fifty on the JV and varsity teams this year. So it's it's a good opportunity for kids to try something and to try a sport that we didn't think about. Yeah. And, and really, I mean, it's, it's something that, you know, some of those kids that start late, I mean, sometimes I wish, geez, if I could have that kid like in fourth yeah. and fifth grade yeah. and things like that, I mean, the kid would have been off the charts by this time <laughs> and now. Because we've got great athletes in Perrysburg. We mm-hmm. really do. And I think our challenges is just, you know, kind of my goals and our challenges is just finding athletes. Okay. I'll yep. teach you how to throw. We'll teach you how to catch. We'll teach you some of the basics of the room, but I just want athletes right now. And, and we've seen that, like that current senior class that we have. And we've got some kids that you've coached in football that have came out like their junior and said, hey, I just want to try to play lacrosse. And you look at these kids and they're crazy athletic. And yeah. You don't, they don't necessarily got to develop that lacrosse IQ and some of those stick skills, but, you know, they want them to do it. There's a kid who's been coming to our, you know, when we did have some off-season workouts here in the fall, and it's a basketball player and I'm just totally impressed on how he gets the game already. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he's never played an organized lacrosse game, but he understands that das- that basketball defense, right? And so he'll understand oh, where okay. to go and how to slide and where to move. So, yeah, it's just really good. Op- it's really cool to see some of these kids come to the sport late and good athletes and see how they can really make a difference pretty quick just based on their athletic ability. Yeah, and you're right about that. Man, if you would have came a little bit sooner, we would have been, you know, we could have 
usually a little bit more because we've had kids the past few years at football who come out as juniors or seniors even. Yeah. And 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 I try to ask them like, how come you decide? Oh, you know, my friends talk me into it. Yeah. And we think about like, man, if we would, if you would have came out as a sophomore, yeah. even yeah. like how much different it would have been. Yeah. No, it, it's the same thing. And we're gonna have a huge senior class this year, and uh, you know, and some of them I think maybe only maybe three, four, five of them have been playing since the youth program, but I'd say a good 10 of them are kids that kind of game late to the, the get to the party, if yeah. you will, and we're really good. we'll be good players this year. Yeah. Hey, scoot a little bit, or bring that mic okay. a little bit. You can either scoot up or bring it closer. Is that a little better? Yeah, there okay. you go. Yeah, I know, um, and I, I coached your your son, Will, yeah, yeah. Um, and one thing that, that – was that his only year he played the football? The only year he ever played organized football. Well, actually, I think one year he went to play big gold for a little bit, but yeah, maybe, okay. maybe that's it. That's the only year he played. What, do you, have you ever – because I never asked him, like, like what, what brought him out to play football, do you know? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, you know, it's hard. I don't want to speak for him, yeah. but just kind of, you know, kind of what I what I see is I, I think he likes the, you know, kind of like the constant movement of lacrosse. Okay. Right? And I think that's what a lot of kids like. And I think he liked it. And I, I, I don't know. I think it was just one of those things as far as like, yeah, I tried it. I wanted to try mm-hmm. it. And I had fun with it. But yeah, maybe it's something I don't want to do. Yeah. So yeah, I don't know. He, I don't want to speak for him, but yeah. you know, yeah. I, li- I liked Will. He's, he was, for someone who didn't play football a lot, he was really coachable. And if I would ask him to do whatever I asked him to do, he would do it. So he's, I like him a lot. Yeah. He, um, you know, he's, he, he thinks highly of you too. And he, when he told me you reached out to me this, he's like, you have to do this. He's one of my favorite guys <laughs> in Perrysburg. I'm like, I don't well, do it. Hey, yeah. Um, you have you have other children? Yeah, I do have a daughter. She's a sophomore. She's also a lacrosse player as well, too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, is lacrosse? Um, I try to compare it to myself. My my kids are only six and nine. I have yeah. a, my nine year old boy and a six year old girl, and I I try to think like I don't want I don't my son doesn't have to play football. Yeah. I would love if he did because yeah. I coach it and I like yeah. to coach it. Um, do you feel some of the some of that where like you kind of push them towards it, but you, but you also want to make have them make up their own mind? You know, it's. Yeah, I think there's an element of that. I think, you know, obviously we introduced lacrosse to the kids when we, when we moved here. And, you know, I think what's the cool thing, at least if we talk about Will, is that, you know, he kind of really embraced this and almost kind of made it kind of like part of his identity, if you okay. will. You know, and, you know, kids change. You know, I think obviously now there are some different interests and some things that they want to do with their lives. But I think, you know, still there's that still that desire to want to play the game. I mean, and it, to me, it's just the what I appreciate about it most with both Will and Catherine, my daughter, is just how it's turned into a family thing. Right? Yeah, okay. We spend a lot of times in the summers going to different club tournaments, spending times in hotels together as a family. And that's great. That's yeah. the thing I love most about it. Yeah. It's just that together time. Like, Will and I have gone to Philadelphia together. A couple weeks ago, we went to Indianapolis. We've gone to Baltimore together and th- different things like that. So mm-hmm. I, that's what I will always remember is not okay. necessarily his on-field field performance. It's just those trips with yeah. the kids. You know, That's what I'll remember, and that's what's cool about it. That's what we miss most with, during football is my family would come to the games. My kids would sit behind the end zone, play with other kids. It was a family thing, and, and it, it sucked to not be able to do that this year because of COVID. Yeah, and you know, not to get off on a different topic, but I just feel so – I mean, that's just obviously – it goes without saying how awful you feel for those kids. And you mm-hmm. know, just regardless of whatever they're in, if they're in a sport, if they're in the performing arts, if they're in music or whatever, yeah. it's just how these have been taken away from them. And it's just – I mean – it's just it's just heartbreaking to see these kids, and but also at the same time, I've been also impressed with how resilient they are. Mm-hmm. Right? Oh, they yeah. really seem to be resilient. They seem to get it in good perspective, and you know, and I and I think that's something that gives me hope for you know, there's going to be really good kids, and you know, the future is bright because these kids have been so resilient. They went through stuff that you and I didn't have to go oh, through yeah. when it came to this, right? Yeah. So yeah, I'm super impressed with the way these kids have been handling this adversity. 
are you? I'm assuming you have to be thinking about that for your season, and and as far as like what what you have to do in in order to to be able to have a season. Yeah, um, yeah. So we're definitely thinking about it. Um, you know, as you know, we're lucky in Perrysburg that we have such a supportive administration, right? Yes. And so lucky for that. And you know, we we made some decisions in here to kind of shut down some off season workouts that we had, just because one, we want to make sure that the kids that are are in season right now can have a season. And, yes. You know, and I, I would feel awful as a lacrosse coach that we had, you know, 30 kids together in a gym somewhere and one of those kids got tested positive and then he had to spread it to a wrestler, right, mm-hmm. who couldn't, you know, wrestle for a couple of weeks. So, you know, I think that it's something that I, I want to make sure that, you know, we're doing our part now when it's not our season. And then when it is our season, I know that those other teams will do their part to help us, you know, have a season because, you know, it did have effect. I mean, I look back at those seniors that graduated last year and, you know, the way that, you know, a lot of those kids were really poised to have a really good season. I thought that team last year was going to be a really good team. And it's just, you know, that kind of what if what if we would have had a season? Mm-hmm. What would that look like? Right. Yeah. And, uh, that's something that I think is, you know, me disappointed. And that's something that we're going to talk about this year is mm-hmm. don't take it for granted. I know that might sound cliched for a lot of people. Right. But that really what it is, is don't take it for granted. You know, play, go out there. This could be your last practice because last year, those kids, I think it was March 13th when they shut down school, like mm-hmm. March 12th was their last practice. They came, did an inter-squad scrimmage on the turf, and boom, that was it. Yeah. Right? So they were two weeks into their season, it was gone. But that was the the all, the all season message for Coach Kriegel, is saying, like, because of this, now understand. Because everyone, you're right, everyone does say you never know when it's going to end. But this just put it into perspective because, like you said, one day you're doing it, the next day you're not. So yeah. take every practice, every play, every game, everything, take it like it's going to be your last. And, yeah, and, play yeah. Right. and I think that's a good, and I think that's a good lesson, just not even on the field, but off the field as well too. Yeah. Right? You know, um, you know, obviously what we do supplements what happens in the classroom or what happens in the community. Right. So I think that's just a good message for life. And even us as adults can, you know, kind of, you know, learn from and take, take mm-hmm. heart, take to heart. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Did, so when you decided that you wanted to apply to be the head yep. coach, what, what, did you know right away, like once once there was a vacancy, did you know right away, like I'm going to apply for that job? Well, it, it's funny, Lorenzo. It's I, I, I kind of always had it in the back of my mind. That's something that I, I wanted to do. And, you know, it kind of came down to it. It was like I had all these ideas and I had all these kind of, you know, this desire to do all these things. And I just didn't want to be the guy who kind of stood back and just kind of was like the critic from the corner. Mm-hmm. You know, I figured, you know, this is an opportunity for me to kind of put some of the vision and some of the organization I think that we need kind of into, into action. So I reached out to, to Mr. Jaco and started with a conversation and it started into an interview. And then, yeah, so I'm sitting here. But, yeah, that's something that I've kind of always had in the back of my mind that I really want to do. Because I kind of looked, I was very involved in the youth program before and thought this was as a natural extension from that. Okay. And I think we have an opportunity, I mean, from a very small perspective for lacrosse in this, in this area that we have an opportunity to be the premier program in the area because mm-hmm. we've got the largest youth program. We've got supportive administration. We've got great facilities. And why can't we be that, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was the desire to want to be that. Well, that yeah, that's good. I don't know how um, how it, it has been. I, I talked to the previous head coach just because I would see him in passing. And um, that's, that's the only interaction I had with lacrosse. So I, I don't know how it's been. Um, uh, tradition wise or program wise, but it's good to hear that like we should be d- better or we are not even better. We just should be one of the premier teams because of the organization as a whole. Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, and I think, you know, the coaches before like uh, Corey did a, uh, Corey did a good job. I mean, Corey made sure that, 
you know, things where in or, organized when Scott Best, who was the previous head coach from that, who was really, you know, Scott deserves a ton of credit for saving the program. I okay. mean, the, the program was kind of fledgling a little bit and, you know, Scott stepped up to kind of take that leadership role and Scott really did a fantastic job around making sure that the program counted and mattered going forward. And so, you know, I think all of us now who are sitting here and love the sport and want to see the sport succeed, holding, holding, you know, owes Scott a huge debt just because he really saved the program. He really did. So, yeah, I mean, there's no reason why we can't be, you know, the premier program. We've talked about things already. We have three goals for this coming season, and our goals are to beat Anthony Wayne, to win the NLL, and win the first ever playoff game in the program history. Yeah. So those are our goals, and we're going to start with it. And we've got some off, off kind of some off-field goals that we were talked about. We had a pretty cool plan that we were going to do as far as off-season engagement, but obviously with COVID going on right now, you know, some of that's on the back burner right now. We had box lacrosse that was planned for every Sunday. We had workouts that were planned. We had some open gym stuff. We had some community service stuff planned. Mm So a lot of that stuff is obviously on the back burner. So, you know, hopefully, you know, we can get going here and kind of turn those, some of those goals into reality here when we hit the field February 22nd, which the weather might be like it is outside today, <laughs> yeah. you know, so yeah. we'll see how that goes. That always seems, it always seems so early that that's when this, this, your season would start, yeah. you know, that's, but, um, the, the community part that you mentioned is one thing that I really embrace for, for my role. Mm-hmm. I love to be out in the community. I love, I, I go into the junior high, um, I well, I used to. I have. I don't work Monday, so I would go on Mondays, talk to kids in junior high, talk about football, talk about whatever, yeah, really, yeah. and just so they know who I am. I go to their basketball games or wrestling matches, and and my wife always makes funny fun of me every time we go somewhere. I I know someone or someone knows me, and she's like, "Do you just know everyone?" I go, "I just I'm out there, and I like to be out there, yeah. you know." And, and I think that shines a light on your your program, yeah. To, for to for people to recognize you or to recognize me and to know like this is this is the program and this is the guy who's running. No, it. no that's commendable because I remember seeing you with the kids running around a lot of hockey games last year. Oh right, yeah, and, and that's another program that I think you know. Shout out to Coach Fisher. I mean, that, if you don't know Coach Fisher, Kevin Fisher, he is a great coach, a really good person. Um, what he's doing with that program is something that I want to emulate and kind of see some of that blueprint there and the way that he's kind of built that program is just amazing. So, mm-hmm. you know, and that really, to me, like seeing that, I know a lot of the kids saw that. And, you know, I think the hockey kids were really appreciative to see you, you know, somebody who's a football coach and is active in the community out there with your wife and your kids. And I think that was really appreciated. So I hear what you're saying. I think kids notice that. And I think families notice that. And, you know, I think it's a definitely an awesome thing that you do. I mean, and I think it definitely would help um, build a program because if if they're going into high school season even, this their freshman freshman year they don't know who you are i think that's going to change if you're out there and your team's out there then they feel more comfortable playing or even asking questions yeah. about what what you know i'm thinking about playing or whatever and it, and it, it just builds the program or builds trust even before you even step on the field yeah and one of the things that we've tried to do is kind of engage some of the older kids and kind of increasing our social media presence yes right? and I, I think that you know I, I, i'm not a big user of social media personally but you know, I, I, it's just the way that kids think and communicate now. They like it when they see their posts and their things kind of obviously like retweeted by our lacrosse program. Yeah. And so we've been using that. I've been using that to try to reach out to different kids who, you know, I know have kind of had an interest in the sport. Again, with that theme of just trying to find some good athletes and just like, hey, you know, here's who I am. Here's what the program's all about. Mm-hmm. You know, good luck with wrestling. Good luck with basketball. You know, going to try to make it out to see, you know, a couple matches or a couple games or whatever. But when your season's over, like, would love to have you. Yeah. Come on out. Give it a try. 
And, you know, we just wanted to build that pipeline of better athletes. And so we've got good athletes right now, but we just want to continue to build that success, right? I mean, I look at it, it's like I think one of the biggest opportunities that we have as a lacrosse program is with whoever the next, you know, football coach is and the football staff is getting on the same page, right? Yep. Getting on the same page in terms of like, okay, we have off-season workouts, but if a kid's in the weight room lifting for football, who cares if he's lifting for football, lifting lacrosse? He's lifting. That's right? good to hear too, because we've had coaches in the past and and uh, at, at different sports where it is a struggle to to like, hey, they should they shouldn't be lifting during whatever season. Well, um, or or before the season. Well, why why? I think weightlifting weightlifting can benefit anybody Absolutely. who does it, and Absolutely. it doesn't matter. And like you said, it doesn't matter if it's for lacrosse or football. It's weightlifting. The weight doesn't care what sport you play. Yeah, exactly. And I come to you and say, hey, but give me one or two days a week where I can have a kid like work on his stick skills, mm-hmm. right? That's important. If we can't ca- ca- catch and pass the ball, we can't win, right? Yeah. So it's important that we develop those skills. So there's no reason to say why we can't say, okay, hey, if you're working out, you're in the weight room for football, that's fine. You don't necessarily, you know, you that, go ahead and do that. Just come and help us out once in a while with getting our stick skills going and making yeah. sure that you're improving that area as well too. And I think you know lacrosse is such a great crossover sport for a lot of different sports. Like mm-hmm. you know if you're an offensive lineman, right? There's no reason why you know your footwork around the crease in lacrosse, so that circle around the goal, and okay. how you need to move your feet in order to keep guys in front of you and keep your hands on guys and drive them away from the net down the alley. Mm-hmm. So we talk about it's a pass block. Yeah, right. So it's the same thing. Like if you're a defensive midi, right? It's the same movement as a defensive back, right? You're backpedaling, you're drop stepping, you're keeping your hips in front of somebody, you're keeping, you know, your body in front of them, you're playing body position. So it's a great crossover sport for mm-hmm. those athletes, and so we just need to, you know, continually work on getting on the same page. So we're not, comp- we, so we know we are not competing with each other, right? We're just yes. trying to make each other better. Yeah, and that I know that's one thing I always tell athletes is you don't have to play football, at least play something. And um, we we make it as a as a Perrysburg football. We make our weightlifting. If you do, if you're not doing any any sport, come after school. If you're doing another sport, we have weightlifting in the morning, three days a week. Yeah, just so it doesn't interfere with anything. You're still going to get better at whatever sport you're in. You're going to get faster, stronger, and you can do both and still and still succeed. Yeah, absolutely. And because we, I mean, I will never tell a kid you should only be playing football. Yeah. Because I think that's ridiculous. And there's plenty, countless college coaches that say, I like a three-sport athlete. I like yeah. the guy who does more than just football. Because it, it changes, it, you use different muscles anytime, you yeah. know? And just like you said, there's definitely benefits of playing other sports. Yeah, and I think a lot of those benefits are mental as well too, right? Oh, definitely. And you're not just getting so burnt out that you're, you know, constantly grinding in the weight room and pushing around weight and then thinking about football 365 days a week or mm-hmm. you're thinking about lacrosse 365 days a week, right? At the year. So you don't understand, you know what I mean? But yeah. at the end of the day, I mean, I think it's good for your mental ability, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, you kind of look at, you know, when we were kids, maybe I'm probably a little bit older than you. I'm the downside to 50, Lorenzo. But uh, <laughs> so when we were kids, it's like, you know, there was distinct sports, right? We didn't have the proliferation of all, like, all the travel programs yes. and things like that. Yep. And, you know, even when you're in a kid in the neighborhood, like in the football, in the fall, we were playing two-hand touch football or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Where I grew up in the winter, we all played hockey, right? And then in the spring, we played either hockey or lacrosse or street hockey or what else those things. I didn't grow up in an area where baseball was all that big. So, okay. I mean, I didn't really have that much exposure to the game, right? So, 
but even that, I mean, there was still a calendar of the things that we did, right? Mm-hmm. We just didn't like play hockey year round. We just didn't play football year round type of thing. So yeah, and that's and like you said, that's a huge change now because there is those and there there'll be guys that ha- I talk to like, oh, I'm just going to concentrate on basketball. Okay, basketball's in winter. Why don't you want to do football? Well, I got AAU this and that, and like year round, and it's it's crazy to me that there's people out there or even parents like I would never tell my kid like you're only doing this sport yeah you know do whatever you want but it's crazy that that happens still and it's and that they that they want to specialize with with so many studies and so many people saying like it's best if they do these other things like if you like basketball okay play basketball half the year then then let's do something else you know we even had uh i don't remember trevor hafner sure yeah three sports star in the summer his his parents just said you're not doing anything yeah so even we'll go all for all our summer workouts he was he wasn't there was never there and then he showed up two days first day of two days and that's just something his parents just that we're gonna shut you down yeah you know because you're busy and you're a kid you know well well, how much i mean you've been involved i mean you've been involved in coaching and i've been off and on and different things but well but how much do you think of that as kind of like people or kids or parents or families chasing a dream that's kind of like around scholarships and things like that i mean to me, that's kind of where, I, I mean, we see that a lot in lacrosse. I mean, one of the kind of the knocks on lacrosse is an expensive sport to play, and it seems to be very exclusionary to a lot of people, right? It's not very accessible to a lot of people, Once one, because there's not a lot of programs around in different developing areas of the country like yeah. here. And also, it's an expensive sport to play. And then you can get sucked into this whole, I have to go to this showcase, I have to go mm-hmm. to this camp, I have to play on this club team, right? And that sort of thing, but... You know, at the end of the day, I mean, kind of what I think we've learned, you know, with Will through this recruiting process is let's just be realistic. Yeah. Right. I mean, I think, you know, for him, and I'll use him as an example of a lot of some of the other kids. So you've got him and like Grant Perry and Brody May and Tyler Yeager and Jake Beard and Trent Lincoln, you know, and some of these kids. And, you know, like, you know, some of these kids are interested in playing at the next level. Like, let's use Jake Beard, for example. Great player, are going to be our best attackman this year great kid but he just wants to go to school yeah and there's nothing wrong with that right and you know and the same thing it's like and then you've got some kids like you know like will and like brody may and some of those kids who might have an interest in playing but let's be realistic like will for example it's like hey i think i might want to go to heidelberg or there's a school and kind of small school in ann arbor concordia that i'm kind of interested in maybe i want to go to grand valley state and play club right okay well that's that's great i mean just figure out what you want to do because i think it's important for these kids to be happy and want to go to school because you could tear your ACL the second day of practice, right? Yeah. And then the lacrosse is taken away from you. And then do you still want to go to school there, right? And I think that's the decision that we want to try to influence and kind of promote with these kids is you need to be happy. I mean, we're lucky. Lacrosse is one of those sports like like hockey. You can play it when you're an old man, right? Mm-hmm. If you really wanted to. I mean, that's one of the things as far as football. It's not like you're going out there at 45 and banging heads with like guys yeah. on a Sunday morning, right? I mean, but, I, I stopped playing flag football in my – in around 25, 26, because I hurt my back, you know, so, and that was just flag. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. you know, just be, uh, you know, find those schools, find where you want to be, be comfortable with who you are. And then if lacrosse fits into that equation, great. And yeah. if it doesn't, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Right. So I, I hope we kind of turned the corner a little bit in terms of like trying to, you know, I'm not saying that for, you know, Perrysburg here. I don't think we've got that issue, but kind of more generally in how the game is growing kind of yeah. in the area. I mean, the game's exploding in Ohio. It's exploding in the Midwest. You know, if you look at the participation numbers of U.S. lacrosse, it's the fastest growing sport over the last couple of years. Oh. And, um, you know, both on the boys and the girls' sides, um, I think there's a ton of college opportunities at a D3 level. If you really want to play college lacrosse, there's going to be a spot for you somewhere. Yeah. 
when you look at the old OAC, so you've got like the Tiffin, I'm not, not Tiffin, but like the Heidelbergs, the Baldwin Wallaces, Ohio Northerns, you know, those types of school in that league. I mean, all of them have lacrosse, you know, and there's 40 to 50 kids in those rosters, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's no scholarships available, but if you really want to play lacrosse, you know, there's an opportunity for you to do that. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So the game's exploding and there's a lot of opportunities. You know, we just make, from a high school program and a youth program, we just make sure that we're kind of positioning ourselves to kind of make sure we kind of capture, you know, kind of ride that wave, if you will. Yeah. And hopefully build our numbers and build our program. I do like that message you said of, of be happy, first yeah. and foremost, because you're right. If you're going to sp- if you're going to be somewhere for, you know, four, four or five years, you want to be happy with it. You're, you're spending a lot of money to go here. And, and you're right. If whatever sport this happens to be lacrosse, if that fits in, yeah. then, then do it. But but um, yeah, that, I like that message. Just be happy. Just be happy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, to go back to your social media yeah. thing, I when I was first started with the head coach of the freshman team, that was about five years ago, mm-hmm. and I made a rule. Just you know, all the kids that want to follow me on Twitter and, and Facebook and that, and then I was like, no, we, we, I'm not going to do that. We'll we'll wait till you're older or whatever. Just yeah. just because I didn't want to get into that. But after a few years, I, I thought to myself, and I even talked about having a conversation with my wife, like, this is something we have to do. Sure. Because this is, this is how they talk to each other. Yeah. This is how they see information. And, and after, after seeing that and making that, then I did come in, come in contact with more kids, even, even uh, like junior high kids. And yeah. even if we don't interact, they see that I'm, I'm posting about the kids that made the all-district team or I'm posting about um, the swim team that, made it, that were NL champs or lacrosse or, or – um, other sports that that I'm there watching, you know, they see all that. Then, even if they don't even interact, they know like, oh, this guy cares, just like yeah. just like you said. So, being on social media, I think, is is very important. No, I totally agree. And it's just the way of the world right now. It's you know, I I'm I'm not a teacher. I work in corporate America. Like even our you know main source of communication now is basically something that looks like company Facebook, right? Okay. So we're not even emailing that much anymore, right? Oh, wow. So doing a lot of posting and, and, you know, dropping short stories about accomplishments and what people are doing. And it's just a way to kind of build that engagement and connection. So, you know, that's kind of the big epiphany that I had too. Okay. Well, you know, I work for one of the world's largest corporations, right? I work for BP. So it's a huge multinational, you know, oil company, right? And if we're embracing social media as the way to, you know, communicate with each other and it's not traditional email and letter writing and all that kind of stuff. Like, why can't I adopt this to every facet of my life, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm a late adopter to it, but I'm trying, right? Yeah. So, but you're right. I think it's the way that the kids, I mean, obviously it's the way they communicate. And, um, you know, why try to fight that? You mm-hmm. know, just embrace it and embrace it the right way. Yeah. When you became the, or even thought about becoming the head coach, was because I, I also am not a teacher. Yeah. I, I work for Toledo Metro Parks. Mm-hmm. Is that a conversation you had, you I'm assuming there's a conversation you had to have with with your work, like, hey, this is going to happen because there might be some schedule changes or something for you at just your job. Yeah, so I, I have a, I'm fortunate that you know I so before COVID, I kind of still had a kind of a hybrid work from home, work from an office type of arrangement. Um, I'd spent a lot of time traveling, but you know I think this was the ideal opportunity. You know, COVID reset a lot of things in people's daily lives, and it reset a lot of things in kind of corporate America, and it really challenged the way that I thought about, like, I don't think I need to get a plane to go on to Houston just to talk to anybody anymore, oh, okay. right? yeah. You know, so with that, you know, given that the way that we're changing in terms of the way that we communicate with people at work, focusing on more of a work-life balance and making sure that people's mental well-being is taken care of and their physical health and those sorts of things, there's a lot more space for these types of things, you mm-hmm. know? 
And, I, and I'm fortunate that I, I, I work for an organization that believes in del- results and deliverables. And as long as you're delivering, you know, they understand that, you know, there's an, kind of an understanding there that, um, you know, doing these things outside of work are going to be me a better employee because yeah. I get a break, right? I, yep. It's kind of like that, kind of going back to that playing, you know, multiple sports, right? If I was 24-7, 365, just thinking about work, I would get burned <laughs> out really quick and get really cranky, right? But mm-hmm. when I have the opportunity to shut it off, you know, after I'm done working in the day, and I can go out and we can play lacrosse or we can coach or we can talk to the kids around different things, to me, that's just, it recharges me and it starts me back the next day to want to be a better employee as yeah. well, too. Yeah, I, I know that's, um, I've had, I've been coaching for a while now and every every job I've had, um, they, you know, I always have to have a talk with them. Like, I coach. Is this going to be an issue? And they're always willing to switch schedules around and yeah. do whatever ever have to do. And and I, a few, I think five years ago, I turned down like a position because I knew I wouldn't be able to coach because yeah. it's so important to me. I, I like coaching. I think I I can uh, have a positive impact on kids by doing this. And and if I couldn't do it, then that would suck for me. And I think it would it would suck for other kids coming up. You know. And, yeah. And so it's good to hear that. You're able to do it, and, and and I agree. Like, I've never been the type of guy. I, I do. I've been doing groundskeeping for forever. Mm-hmm. It's a physical job. I've never been the type of guy to like bring anything home with me ever. As soon as I clock out, that's it. I got other things to do. I either got to pick my kids up, or I got to coach, or we got to do this, or we're going on vacation, or whatever. Yeah. But and and I've seen those guys where they all they think about is work, and and it, they just look like they're not enjoying themselves ever and i still think work is work but you still should have some fun at some point you still like you should like what you're doing yeah, right absolutely and and to to just never be able to shut it off and this is a good outlet for that yeah and i'm fortunate we don't really have defined like hours like i'll start like my boss is in the uk right so i can start my day at 5 30 6 6 30 in the morning with a call right and mm-hmm. so we'll do a call you know a couple calls in the morning and i'll have a couple hour break you know mid-morning right so do whatever you need to do you know, get some other things done and then maybe kind of catch up in the day. And then if I have to go to lacrosse practice, that's great. But hey, if I get back from lacrosse practice at seven, eight o'clock at night and I need to talk to my colleagues over in Australia, yeah, then I'm doing it at nine, 10 o'clock at night, right? So to me, it's that, you know, with this kind of flexibility, there really isn't any sort of work in life anymore. It's mm-hmm. just all one balance, right? And that get, it gives me the space to be able to manage all of those priorities. And, you know, I, I that's what I really appreciate about it. And that it's just something that I can just fit into my life. And as long as I'm delivering at work and I'm delivering, you know, as being the best possible cross coach I am, then hopefully, yeah. you know, things are set on the right path. I think with COVID, there's, there's obviously a bunch of negatives, but I think people should still f- try to find some positives. I know a lot of different companies are doing things differently now yeah. because they have to. And now maybe, maybe they're going to see these things like, oh, we should do it this way. I, I talked to my travel a- agent a few episodes ago, and she talked about Disney, how they're do- feeding or, or having meals differently. And they, she was talking to some of the workers. They go, oh, we're going to do this from now on because it's easier, it's faster, it's better for the customer. And I'm sure there's a lot of things like that in, in everyday life that are just going to change for the better, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Like I mentioned earlier, I mean, it's just I stepped back, and it was only like February. Like I think the last business trip I took to Houston was in February. And I th- look back at reasons why I went there, and I've been doing that since February, <laughs> sitting on my computer. So it's like, I, it just it's just better. I mean, it's costless. It's yeah. better on people's health. It's just overall a better experience. And you know, the interesting thing is, is like I've developed relationships over Microsoft Teams and a video camera with people all across the world that I feel like it's not strange. Like mm-hmm. I've never met those people, right? 
but I see their faces on a daily basis and you can still, you know, create relationships and connect people with that way. And I think that's the biggest thing that I learned is that, you know, at the end of the day, you know, humans are humans. We're going to want to connect with each other. And this technology provides us the opportunity to do that yeah. and make the world smaller. And hopefully it also helps us understand a, a different people's points of view. Yeah. You know, hopefully it helps us to give a little more tolerance and empathy for people and what they're going on. I think COVID to me, that's one of the things that I've learned through this thing is, is that, you know, you don't know what's going on in somebody's background. You don't know what's going on in their life that's making them feel challenged or depressed or something that day. And right. So just using that technology to reach out and bridge those people and, you know, help like, hey, I've got, I've got a good buddy. I mean, I consider him a friend. He sits in Melbourne, Australia. We yeah. work on the same team. We've never met. But him and I talk. He, compl- he talks about the Steelers all the time. I'm like, I don't want to talk about the Steelers, Trevor. It's like, I, don't, I hate the Steelers. Let's not talk about the Steelers. So every Monday morning, he's dropping me a note like, hey, Steelers 9-0 or whatever. And so, I mean, that's the thing that I wanted. It's just that this, this technology has allowed us to create and create bonds with each other. And that, you know, I think we've taken advantage. We have taken, we didn't really appreciate it as much before yeah. COVID hit. Is yeah. That's what I'm trying to say with that. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and, and I know kids grow up have grown up with technology and they they know how to use it and, and everything. And I know with my kids when they're home for school, uh, I'm home with them on their virtual Mondays, and it's cool. I like my son's in third grade, and I barely have to do anything with him now. He, he goes on the computer, he can click on anything he needs to click. He does all his assignments, and I just got to check over him every once in a while. Yeah. But he's nine, and he knows like how to do mostly everything, and yeah. it, it's cool to see that because. That's just how it's going to be. It, it, it's like that now, and it, it, COVID accelerated that, and it's just how it's going to be in the future. Well, and how about, and a lot of people talk about it, just how about resilient the teachers have been. Right? Yeah. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, my wife's a teacher. Um, she teaches in a, um, a, a charter school in Toledo. Okay. And then uh, I've got a, a niece who's a um, teacher at the junior high, and I hear what they talk about and what they go through and kind of how many balls in the air they're trying to juggle mm-hmm. and doing things three and four different times, you know, virtually in class. And it's just taking such a toll on them. Yeah. And I've just been super impressed. And it's just like staying the course, right? And just making sure that at the end of the day, they're delivering what they can deliver to the kids. And they really care about the kids. And I've just been super impressed with, you know, how well they've adapted and how committed they are to this. And I think, you know, you know, sometimes teachers will get some flack and some things. The administration gets flack and things. But at the end of the day, people are trying to do the best they possibly can with what they got in front of them, right? I mean, nobody nobody wants this for their no, kids. No, Right? I don't want to wear a mask. Do you want to wear a mask? Yeah. I don't want to wear a mask all the time. But, you know, <laughs> it's my part, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's what Garrett said, too. Like, if I just have to wear a mask so these kids can can play the season, we were talking about sports, he said, then that's what I'm going to do. You know, and, and these teachers are doing a lot. I talked to the... The um, assistant principal, Scott Buecher, from the junior high, and mm-hmm. and this was in the summer, or right before school started, and the amount of things he did, sure. it's, it, they, and, well, they as the administration there, they, they I think they must have had, you know, 10 plans for whatever was going to happen for yeah. school, because at the time, they didn't know how they're going to go to school, and they had all these things, and he talked about just going, basically went through every kid's schedule, yeah. and tried to figure out what's the best for every kid, and 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 that's just there. And now all these teachers have to have to go through it. I know when we had our teacher conferences, it's um, we couldn't say thanks enough to to what they're doing. And, yeah. and and our kids are in third in kindergarten, you know. And and I can't imagine having to deal with with all the stuff. Be a teacher and be a mom or a dad. Yeah, the one word that I keep on kind of reflecting back from COVID is agility, right? Mm-hmm. And you know, I think that's also tossed us that we really need to be agile in what we're doing and that we approach life, right? Because things could change on a dime, right? Yeah. 
And that's the thing that as far as hopefully, uh, you know, uh, develop those skills to be more adaptable and more agile. And at the end of the day, I hopefully we get these things, you know, kind of under control here. Good news on a vaccine hopefully coming up here pretty soon. But yeah. at the end of the day, I hope we don't forget. At home, we revert back to what we were without being agile and not using technology to reach out to people and make different connections. And so I hope we don't forget some of these lessons that we learned, like hopefully, you know, two years from now when everything is back to completely normal, right? That, that, and, and that'd be the worst outcome. Like, yeah. we, we went through all this. We, we, it's two years ago, and, and we had to do all these changes and make everything, and then after it to just go completely back to normal. Like, it shouldn't be completely back to normal. Yeah. We should have learned a lot of stuff Absolutely. coming out of this. You Absolutely. Know? Um, so what, what, uh, well, we talked about a lot of stuff, but, but what we have, <laughs> sorry, well, no, no, it's good. What we haven't talked about is what, a you, you coach lacrosse, but yep. you, you brought up football and you, what yep. other sports and stuff do you like to watch? So, um, I like, I wouldn't say I'm a, I guess, but I, I wouldn't say I'm, I, I like football. I'm a, I'm a Detroit Lions fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's, I grew up in the Detroit area. So that's, I love, I like the, love the Lions. The Lions kill me on a, on a weekly basis. Yeah. I think one playoff win since 1955. And <laughs> whatever, we won't go there. I mean, um, so I mean, it's been the sports. It's uh, uh, you know, I, I'm a casual college football fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a Notre Dame football fan. Okay. Right? And then, like for example, last night, like you had all these games on. I watched the replay of Notre Dame beat Clemson. Like, <laughs> I, I need to be emotionally invested in something. Like, okay. I'm just not one of these guys can, can sit down and watch like Missouri any game. Any game. I yeah. can't do it. I get bored really quick. <laughs> Um, I can watch any lacrosse game. I can watch any hockey game, but I just can't watch any NFL game or I can't just watch any college football game. Yeah. I can, I mean, I'm a, I'll sit there and watch it and I'll analyze the crap out of a Notre Dame football game and I'll do the same <laughs> thing with the Lions, but you know, anything else like I, I don't Monday night football or Sunday night football. It's not like appointment viewing for me or anything like that. So I'm more of a casual football fan, I yeah. guess you could say, but. So I, I need to me I, I need to be emotionally invested to watch a sporting event, right? I, I used to be that way. Before I started coaching, I used to watch I like the Cowboys, I like the Longhorns, I'm just gonna watch my team play. Okay. And then and then I'm done. And I had a lot of friends who were who could watch anything. Yeah. But once I started coaching, I watched the game differently. Yeah. So now I can watch any team because yeah. because I don't specifically root for the team, but I but I I get ideas, or I like, oh, we run something like that, or they did it similar, or whatever. And I think that makes sense. That's the same thing with me with lacrosse. I'm like, oh, what offense are they running? Like, mm-hmm. how are they moving out? You know, are they inverting their poles, or are they keeping their poles back? And like all these <laughs> different things. So I can, because of that, I can watch it. Right. Yeah. Same thing with hockey. Like, just always grew up around the game. That was my first love. You know. So that's something I can always watch too, but like I just can't watch a random football game. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't do that with hockey. I don't. I, I like just like you said, be emotionally invested because I go to Perrysburg and I, yeah. I like Perrysburg. Yeah. But I wa- I watch playoff hockey, and even that, I might just watch the Stanley Cup oh, Finals. I, I, playoff hockey is the best thing, best sporting event on earth. I know I'm biased, but it's just. <laughs> It's amazing. I mean, you look at what these guys, how athletic they are, and you've got like, you know, not overly physical guys, like probably the best hockey players, six foot, you know, six foot tall, 185, 190 pounds, mm-hmm. right? But these guys are going 30 miles an hour. Yeah. Pucks going over 100. They're banging into each other. It's such a tough sport to play. You know, it's so, it's very humbling sport. It's a sport that I think it's not like, you know, it's it's something that exposes your you know your inefficiencies really quick, right? Because okay. that puck's moving in different directions. You know, the way that these guys can move laterally, start to stop with all these things is just amazing. I mean, yeah, it's I love the sport. It's just so fun to watch. One thing I liked, and I know a lot of people didn't like it when I was younger, is when they 
I don't remember what they called it, but when they put that little um, light on oh, the puck. Lorenzo, <laughs> come on, I, buddy. I was also, I was also a, a child when it happened. So as someone who, my, my parents didn't play any sports. Yeah. So I got into sports just because I got into sports, just because I wanted to do it. But when I saw that, I'm like, okay, that makes it a little easier for me to watch. But like I said, I was also a child when that was happening. Well, that's but, the thing. It's like, don't watch the puck. Like when you watch football, do you watch the ball? No, that's true. Yeah, yeah. So you don't watch, don't watch the puck. You don't watch the ball in football. You don't watch the ball in baseball, do you? I mean, I, I don't know. But just don't. I mean, just you know. I guess just watch how the play is developing. Watch the players. Watch the flow of the game. Right. That, that's. So, I've never heard someone say don't don't watch it. Just play or just watch the players. Yeah. You know? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I know I know a lot of people don't like that light thing or whatever. I don't. Yeah, know I don't know. It. it was on Fox, I think, or yeah. whatever it was. So, <laughs> what's up with all the Texas kind of you know? So the Cowboys and the Longhorns and so. So both my parents were born in Texas. Okay. Um, they moved up here. When my, my dad moved here when he was 15. Okay. And um, I don't remember when my mom moved up here, but it was something like that. And so my dad liked all Texas teams. We liked the Spurs in basketball, the Cowboys. He actually didn't like college football until he got older. So he likes Ohio State. But I had already picked my team by then. My sure. grandma my grandma would always get Texas Longhorn mm-hmm. stuff. And um, But interesting enough, he, he also didn't like baseball. So I liked the Indians because he didn't like baseball until he moved to Ohio. So yeah. it's just that that's where a lot of that came from. Gotcha. And, and and it I always find it fascinating when some of my friends don't like the same teams as their dad or mom. Yeah. And I was like my favorite part of liking teams is because I could cheer with my parents, yeah. right? With yeah. my dad and watch something. Yeah. I remember when the Spurs won their first championship in ninety nine, me and my dad and a friend of his, we were at a bar in Toledo and there was three of us cheering. No one, everyone else wanted the Knicks to win. There was three of us cheering, and that was the best part. Like, got to cheer with somebody else. Yeah. You know. Yeah. So, so like to root against teams. I know. I know families who their dad likes Ohio State and the kid likes Michigan. Like, how how does that happen? It's crazy. Yeah, to me, I don't you know. know. I was fortunate that Will Will's a Notre Dame fan, so I guess I got I got lucky there as well too. <laughs> so I don't know. I always told my wife, I go, our kids don't have to like the teams I like, but they're not going to root against them. Yeah. Like you don't have to. I don't care if you don't like football or baseball or basketball. Just just don't don't pick another team just because I'm your dad. Yeah, I mean obviously it's a generational thing. My dad was a Notre Dame football fan, so I mean yeah. just always like listening on the radio or watching the games when you're a kid. So it just kind of was just kind of a gravitate to it too, you know. Yeah. You know, growing up in the heart of Wolverine country, like I guess the only other football I do like to watch is I do like to watch Michigan because I hate them so much I want to see them lose. <laughs> So I will watch Michigan games just at the hope that they lose, and so that's about it. So, so, so you were in, like you said, in the heart of Michigan. Mm-hmm. How how did your did your dad like Notre Dame? Good question. I, I mean, growing up going to Catholic schools, I think okay. is, is what right. it was, yeah. right? And so, I, yeah, good question. I'm you know probably just that kind of growing up, um, you know. And they've been on TV since forever i would imagine yeah too, i mean right? even kind of like probably like when he was watching them in the you know in the, the the late 40s and 50s right it was on the radio and you know probably back then when you had like you know notre dame was the premier brand in college football right and you had you know paul horning and all those guys and i'm sure he listened to them on the radio and you know just kind of maybe that influence that way yeah. so yeah As i always told my friends that are having kids now and said you you have to get a you have to get a few you have to be lucky. A you just have to hope your kid likes your team. But what helps is if your team is good at the time your kid starts enjoying sports. 
because then they uh, gravitated to that. I don't know how many how many Cowboys fans there were in the '90s because they were winning Super Bowls. Just be just in kids who gravitate gravitate to winners, right? Yeah, Lakers, yeah, sure. You yeah. know the Lakers yeah. too, especially when I was growing up. Yeah. So so that's what you know. Mateo got into baseball when the Indians won a World Series in 2016, yeah. Yeah. and I think that's helped too. Like, hey, yeah. they're they're good. Well, I'm sorry. Well, I'm sorry, Catherine, that you grew up Lions fans. I can't <laughs> help it. I mean, it's just it's part of the family. I mean. But, we but used it, to plan our we well, not this year, but we used to plan our Thanksgiving dinner around like Thanksgiving dinner is always four because the Lions always start at twelve thirty. Oh, so okay. hopefully it'll be done. So you know, usually it's like, I, but I, I guess I'm a recovering Lions fan or a tortured Lions fan. <laughs> like I don't like now. It's just like I don't even care. Like when yeah. they lost to the Bears the first game, they were up like what twenty seven to three or something <laughs> like that. Will and I were watching. And he's like, Dad, they're gonna win. I'm like, Nope. <laughs> No, they're not. I've and he looks at me after times. after they like they thought it's like how did I'm like hey it's you know forty six years of watching this stuff man don't worry about it I've been there done that uh, and what, even last week and they were up some ridiculous amount too who did they play last week uh, I don't remember uh, yeah but anyway they ended up like up twenty seven <laughs> to three again and ended up winning by a last to second field goal it's like come on they just like it to be. Uh, Entertaining the whole yeah. the whole time. I don't know about entertaining <laughs> for somebody. Uh, what what do you like to do? You and your family like to do for fun. Yeah. So um, in the summers, a lot of lacrosse stuff, right? Yeah. Um, you know, we like to we always take a beach, beach vacation every summer. So that's uh, go see some family in South Carolina. So we always look forward to do that. Um, you know, um, my wife is. Uh, we've done. A, we moved into a new house uh, here this past summer, so we've had a lot of house, you know, kind of work to do. So that's okay. kind of kept us busy. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, so we get to do different things. We like to. We like to travel. Is what we like to do. Um, I think one of the best trips we talked about Texas. What we did. We did uh, last spring break. We did a trip to Austin. Okay. And uh, actually went to like Waco, Austin, San Antonio, and did some of that stuff. And uh, Austin was great. Um, we did a lot of kayaking, a lot of biking. So we like to do that kind of stuff. Travel, yeah. see different places. You know, do some outdoor activities when uh, when we can. I love I love San Antonio. That's my my parents. We we would go to Texas almost every Christmas when yeah. we were younger. We we six of us would be in a van and we just drive there. And, yeah. And San Antonio is um it's one of my favorite cities. And w- my wife and I went there. This was over ten years ago. We went there, and I got to ex- I got to experience Texas so differently yeah. because I got to do tourist stuff. Yeah. Because as a kid, my yeah. dad would just. Here's what we're doing. Yeah, but but to experience as a tourist, as as more than than my dad just showing us things around was really fun. We got to, we stayed on the Riverwalk. Yeah, you know it's yeah. I mean, there's a we went the when we were in San Antonio about a year ago. There's this new area called the Pearl District in San Antonio. Okay. That's kind of away from the, they still have a Riverwalk, but it's not like as commercially developed as the Riverwalk has gotten. You know, over the last couple of years, yeah. it's really neat. It's an old brewery that turned into. Oh wow, a bunch of places like restaurants and kind of stuff. That's really neat. Um, have you been to Austin? Or did, um, we, we have never stayed there. Yeah. Um, we, we'd always just drive through and it was again, one of those things like, yeah, you, my dad's like, you don't need to be there. Just, yeah, just it's, go. I mean, that was, I think that was the, one of the best, my favorite trip that we've done as a family. And when yeah. we stayed, Austin is so unique in that you've got like a really progressive big city, you know, up and coming city, but literally like right down, you know, the main street, I think it's called Congress, got the Colorado river. And then Zilker Park, so you can be within ten minutes to like nature, from oh, wow. like big city to nature in ten minutes. And you know, you kayak the Colorado River, and you've got the skyscrapers of what's going on in Austin. It's just a really cool city, and kind of western of the hill country is beautiful. And so, yeah, it's it's really neat there. That we we had planned a trip last June. We were gonna fly to Dallas, see some friends, and then drive from Dallas, go um, to go through San Antonio, and then visit my family lives down down south. And um, 
So that was one thing I wanted to experience. We we're going to be gone for a week and just show like my kids. My kids never been there. Yeah. My kids, we haven't gone a lot of places with my kids just because it's expensive. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, yeah. but, but, um, but I do, I, I love, I love being down there. It's just, hopefully we'll be able to take them down there. Some of my family hasn't been able to even see our kids yet. So, well, good stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, do you, do you, would you, so you like traveling? Do you plan, like, um, you say you travel a lot for lacrosse? So yep. I would imagine you get to say, hey, we're going to go to Philadelphia. What what can we see there? Yeah, so yeah, so we do that. Like, Unfortunately, a lot of this stuff now is just like, I think we went to South Bend this past summer more times than I care to remember <laughs> just because like, you know, a lot of the COVID in Indiana was open for tournaments and yeah. some of the other states weren't, right? So yeah, like when we, you know, for example, when Will and I went to Philadelphia, like you do the whole thing, you see the Liberty Bell, Independence Hall, go get a cheesesteak type of thing, and then go to a hotel <laughs> and play lacrosse the next day, right? It's fun to be a tourist. You yeah, know? it is. It definitely is. Yeah. It definitely is. It's fun stuff. Yeah, it definitely is. And then my daughter's got an opportunity here uh, with a club that she plays for. They're fundraising, and hopefully in the summer of 2022, they're going to Italy. Oh, wow. Yeah, so um, so hopefully that, you know, can do some fundraising. Kind of, It's on her to help come up with the money, man. I'm not... Springing to go to Italy just to play lacrosse, right? So I'll, come, I'll buy more tennis shoes if they wear out from walking around. <laughs> exactly. So you know, that, so it provides some opportunities to do some things like that, mm-hmm. and yeah. So I always try to you know mix in. My wife just hates it every time I go to South Bend, being a Notre Dame fan, and then good friends of ours. Um, you probably know the Jaegers, Tyler Jaeger. Yeah. Yep. So Tyler and Will have been played lacrosse together forever. So we travel with Tyler's parents and like. The joke is, it's like, I'm not walking the campus again. My wife's like, I refuse to do it. I'm not going to the grotto. I'm not going to the Golden Dome. We're not walking campus again. So, yeah. So, that's that's something. That, so, so do if these places that you've been several times, do you, do you just not do things? Or do you just try to find things you've never done? Um, you know, we kind of get in a little bit of a routine sometimes. So, typically, it's, you know... Do a lot of, you know, the cool thing about that I think I'll miss when the kids are out of high school about the tournaments is just the atmosphere with the other families that you've created relationships with. Okay. You know, it's so lacrosse is, you know, you're not a small sport, but it's not a huge sport in Perrysburg. And what we do have, we have just an unbelievable group of families that have been this in a while and Mm -hmm. they care really about the sport and they care about each other. And that's what I'm going to miss is like in between games and, you know, going back to the cars or under the tent, you know, sitting around just talking, you know, you know, that's what I'm going to miss about it is the relationships that we've made. And that's what I always appreciate about, about lacrosse is yeah. what it's done for my family in terms of the, what we've done together and the experiences that we've had with the relationships we've made with other people. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. Mate. Well, I like that note to end on. All right. Awesome. Yeah. I, uh, I appreciate you being on here, man, and um, good luck in the season. Yeah, thanks. It's going to be a good one. Um, hopefully, you know, definitely come out. We'd love to see you, you know, come on the sidelines. You know, any we'd love to take it. We'd love any sort of, you know, anybody that could come out. I mean, you're such a good presence around everything. You know, definitely come out whenever you can. Yeah. Um, we're really excited about it. We think we're going to have a really good year. Um, we've got a really good group of senior class. We've got some really strong juniors. We've got a couple up and coming sophomores that are just, you know, two of them in particular are just lights out. And so I'm really excited about what we're going to have on the field, but just as much, I'm just excited about what we have off the field. It's such a great group of kids. It's just, as you know, it's just so much fun to be around. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and that, that's what it is. It's just, they make me feel like, you know, energized and they make me feel (laughs) like that I can accomplish different things. And it's just fun to be with them. It's fun to see their personalities and it's fun to see them interact with each other. So yeah, well, we'll, yeah, we'll we'll definitely be out there. Awesome. I, I love taking the kids everywhere to all Perrysburg sports. So awesome! Th- thanks again, Mark. Hey, for being thanks on the for the time. I appreciate it. 
Thanks again to my guest, Mark Blanchard, head varsity coach for the Perrysburg lacrosse team. This episode and all episodes are sponsored by Real JP Multimedia. For all your audiovisual needs, visit realjp.com, R-E-L-J-P.com. See you next time.